Welcome to the Podscape. What? Ooh, yeah. You understand, baby? Dig it? Let me tell you another thing. First name John, last name Baker. Uh-huh. Brother. Hello and welcome in to the Royal Rumble preview. We got myself, we got post post view. <laughs> Review. Did I say did I say preview? Son of a bitch. All right. Well, I guess we'll restart that one. No, 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 go. Just keep going. Just keep going. Yeah. Don't we're even restart it. In. We're already too yeah, far. Don't in. even restart it. Yep. Don't even restart it. Introduce Simba. Introduce um <laughs> uh whatever. The the glad Viking, my man. Uh Viking. introduce Trey. Introduce Bobby Winters. Just take everybody through everybody that isn't here anyways. <laughs> and George. <laughs> George, George, yeah, George. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, welcome into the Royal Rumble review. Got myself. We got Teddy Mongoose back in here. And we have Justin Andretti. And we're going to cover everything that happened this weekend at the Royal Rumble. I personally thought it was a really good show. And there's a lot to talk about. There's a huge fallout. So what were your guys' uh, thoughts of everything that went down this weekend? Hey, pronouns, pal. What is your pronoun, sir? I'm going to go uh, one-man gang, Dominic Danucci. <laughs> the Nooch. The Nooch. I'm going Rhodes. About you, uh, Mongoose? That is, that, that is my pronoun, Mongoose. <laughs> Yeah, it, see, it's technically, technically, you know, my wife and my mother call me Theodore. My friends call me Teddy, but we'll let the Podsky audience just know me as Mongoose. That'll work. I'm good with it. All right, what we got? What are we doing here? What are we starting off with? We going? Are we starting jumping in right in this? We doing a hot seat? What do you want to do? Uh, we can just go back and forth. I mean, there's a there's a lot of stuff that happened over the weekend. We had a lot of teases we thought that was going to happen, and then it ended up like nothing really big happened. I guess the biggest news that really came out of this weekend outside of WWE is that uh, Kota Ibushi is now a free agent announced today, and he's going to be at Janela Spring Break and uh, Bloodsport. You know, what's interesting about that is that Ibushi was in that uh, that Cruiserweight Classic, right? I think so. It, yeah. Yeah. So he's got a relationship with Triple H. It would be really great to have him in there. That's for sure. Yeah. Kind you of know, interesting. I'm sorry, but the, the interesting thing with that is I actually think Bloodsport is the absolute best thing for him to do first because he can, he can, he's a shooter. He can go. He can, he does mix uh, martial arts. He does all those things. So he can put it on people. Yeah. And, Bloodsport is one of those things where I'm so glad that there's only a couple of shows. And to be honest, I've only seen bits of matches, um, but I will absolutely do what I can to see whatever he does in Bloodsport because he lays it on to people in New Japan and he'll be so snug. He can, you know, in truly work wrestling with air quotes. Um, and so I think that that is a really, really cool showcase for him. Uh, but for you to say Triple H, you know, my thing with Ibushi, because he is not going to come in as a big promo guy, I think that coming out of, especially this weekend's angle, which we'll talk about, I'm sure, at length, I think that having seen the way that they've worked 
the bloodline, the way that they work Roman Reigns' matches, the extended length of matches and heat and beatdown and all of that stuff. Get Jay White in the WWE tonight and then put Kota Bushi into AEW tomorrow is sort of how I think. I think that with Ibushi in AEW, you have him instantly over to a crowd that is going to want him. Uh, you have the Cody, or excuse me, the Coda and Kenny match that we never got because the one that we got, which was bonkers at G1 a couple of years ago, was only supposed to sort of set the table for what they were going to do later. So we can start the, if they want to go, you know, lovers and split and then fight that way. Or if they just want to go, hey, you know, we're we're just going to come in here and we're going to, you know, finish what we started um, down the line at an all out or something like that. Give it to me. Um, but I, I do. I think that Ibushi in AEW makes the most sense. And Jay White absolutely needs to be in the WWE. Absolutely needs to be in the WWE. I don't I don't disagree with any of that. I, I would. And look, I, I think I think I would rather see. I would probably rather see Jay White in the WWE than see him in see him in AEW. But I could I, I'm good either way with Ibushi. I just want to see him in North America, man. Just get him just get him on a major show in North America. You know both of those guys and get him on TV as much as you can because I think Jay White is would be an, an immediate big time player in the WWE. I mean, I just fantasy booking those matches right now in my head would be unbelievable. You know, but with Ibushi, mm -hmm. I know he already has relationships with all those guys in AEW or at least a good bit of them. I mean, it would be fantastic to see him in there too, for sure. Yeah. Ibushi. And then you keep the the AEW. I'm sorry, John, but you you still keep the new new Japan door sort of open. So maybe he might not go back to Japan. But when we have Forbidden Door 2, when we have some of those, and I know that stuff got weird with the Lucha Bros, and so they weren't on that show, and maybe he'd be kept off. But you you, you do have that, um, that indie capability still open for him as well. Yeah, I really like Ibushi and AEW, and I 100% agree with putting Jay White in WWE. I think he would be a perfect fit. I think he'd be a fantastic fit. And... I don't know. We couldn't definitely couldn't say that about Jay White three years ago, whenever he signed his deal, or wasn't it three or four years ago? You couldn't say that about him then, but he absolutely would be a big time player. If you throw him into the WWE world now, I think he would be a huge addition to like he would be a great addition to a show like Raw. I feel I, like. I think his his style right. fit, his style fits WWE, like especially with like you know the the slower pace psychology thing is it you know they they do that they do that more than AEW does so you know just just you know seeing him in there with Cody or or you know Rollins guys like that that can that can go or Kevin Owens I mean think about how awesome all that stuff would be yeah Owens is the one that came to mind for me is to yeah. see him and Owens yeah as much as I hated Rollins like a year and a half ago I don't hate him that much anymore Oh, dude, I've gone, I've gone 180 degrees on 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 uh, Seth Rollins, and and he was he was arguably my least favorite guy that was working today, you know. But I, I don't know what it is, man. But I, I kind of just for it just kind of clicked for me finally, and I started appreciating him for what he is. I didn't like him for a long time, but now I think I think the guy is is really talented. I don't know, I don't know why I hated him for 20 years. <laughs> well, you know, here's here's what it, yeah, here's what it was for me with Seth is. Um, Milton and I, whatever WrestleMania that was with the uh, the the greatest heist, you know, whatever he came down 
and and, um, and stole with the money in the bank against Brock. That was a kingmaker moment, right? Like this dude, that crowd, the moment, the crowd, all of it was perfect. And so he had set himself up as a decade long plus top guy. Mm-hmm. And then for whatever reason, um, you know, maybe the act sort of went stale or whatever you could say, but his work with Brock was awesome and it's brock is brock is so polarizing because people get frustrated and rightly so that you know he's the the you know things are going weird let's call brock you know we need a surprise let's call brock um but that dude when he is in it all he's done in the last five-ish years is work with guys that are almost there and then shoulders are on the mat he looks at the lights one two three and so him losing to seth at mania was a great catapult and then seth got fiended you know that was the problem is that the the fiend the fiend had a mallet the size of arkansas in his hands and that was cool and then seth had a ball peen hammer and got disqualified for that in a hell in a cell match and then he ran around scared and he had nightmares and he did all these things as a baby face. And then everybody said, you are a goober. You are a geek. You're a nerd. And so uh, what I kind of appreciate in retrospect is that they said, okay, we have this goober geek nerd, okay, in our hands. What are we going to do? Let's turn him into a complete jerk off let's 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 let and i don't know if, if this was seth's creative then bravo brother if this was the higher ups creative great job by you to let him dress like a complete jerk come to the ring with his stupid laughing and his music and that dude then took his outfits and his music and he's leading the crowd doing his um orchestra um That's maestro right. thing and the dude he dude got himself over and that is to make to make especially you because you, i knew that you've been a staunch uh anti-seth guy for a while to turn you is huge and that is credit to the creative and that's credit to him he took something bad and made it totally work and i thought that that was awesome well there there a couple things just to piggyback off of that i mean you know there was there was a time when he should have been the biggest thing in north american wrestling and they fucked it up they fucked it up for i I don't know i don't know why they pulled the rug at the last minute with him and him and even with ziggler too he did the same thing with that guy too but like you know seth rollins at one point was should have been the next biggest guy in wrestling but you know honestly man like i i think too some of it that uh they kind of flipped me a little bit uh, and i know this sounds really hokey and kind of silly but you know I, I went to uh i went to davenport iowa for work you know for to, i rolled through there for work um last summer and you know I, I i just was downtown and i and i was i was right there next to his 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 uh his school i i was literally sitting outside of his school and i and i i saw this wrestling school and i was like why do i know that name i think it's called like uh black and brave right is that is that what his yeah, school called? Something like that so i'm sitting there and i'm like holy shit man that's seth rollins's wrestling school and there were a bunch of people in there working out and doing stuff in the ring and I, literally i'm standing there in front of the window watching these people work out and i'm and it just kind of it was like you know what man like this is real like this guy really did open a school in his hometown 
which is a is a dying downtown city, very much like places where we grew up, you know, where there's really nothing going on down there anymore. And I was like, this is awesome, dude. I, I really I really enjoyed it just standing there, even in those those couple minutes that I spent in Davenport. It, it just was it, it kind of just hit me, you know, a little bit that, you know, this is a guy that's really trying to do this and really trying to help other help other wrestlers. And I know he goes there pretty frequently to, to, to coach and stuff like that. So and also I kind of wanted to. While I'm on it, I kind of wanted to put something over. While uh, speaking of Davenport, because I had a uh, I had a really good time in Davenport, Iowa. Man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Quad Cities. I, I always have been for some reason. But you know, I went to this place called uh, Lago Marcinos. Okay, it's a really old ice cream parlor. I had one of the best cherry Sundays I've ever had in my life, man. So I, I just want to put over. I want to put over Lago Marcinos while, while I got the chance while we're talking about Davenport. Is it better or worse than the Milky Way? Well, it didn't make me want to throw up on the side of the road. So that, there's something there, you know, to that. I can't. You're the only person I know that ever got sick from Milky Way. Dude, I ate so much food. I hadn't been there in 10 years. So I figured I I, I need to go all in. And I, I'll tell you what, man, when I was driving, when I was driving down to get you, to, to meet you at, at Ship, at Shippensburg that day, I, I just went, I went a hot dog too far, brother. It's, it's what it was. Because I ate that hot dog and I was like, I'm going to throw up. And by the time, by the time I pulled into the parking lot to meet you that day, I literally was like, this dude's going to have to carry me up the steps because I'm not going to make it. I'm going to throw up right here in the steps. It was, it was not a, it was not a good scene. That's for sure. I'm ashamed of myself for what I did. <laughs> There, there's there's no better time to completely overconsume greasy diner food than the hot stink of July just beating down on you as well. Like it like it doesn't matter. Be one of those things where you're getting meat and sugar sweats driving, even though you have the AC on. And then once you turn the car off, you have that cent- South Central PA heat just beating down through the windshield. My gosh, man, bless your heart. Yeah, I'll tell you I'm what, man, you made- I can't even remember what else I had, but I know that hot dog is what made me sick. That's what did it. That's what did it. He did, just did me in. The milkshake was great. Dude, I, how I, I mean, you know, Mongoose, you've known, you've known me. <laughs> you've known me for 30 years. <laughs> how, many, how many times have you ever seen me not finish a meal? Probably never. Uh, well, uh, that was that a was, uh, uh, little side anecdote here is that uh, – that in the in the strict days of Andretti eating, uh, cheat day would literally be like an extra large cheese pizza from a local pizza shop, um, and you know that would have been like an appetizer. So yeah, dude, I I get it. I, I know I know that that you got it in you to to put it down. I mean, and how many other times back in our youth, uh, you know, did we walk into a uh, a Ryan's and or a Ponderosa and shut the place down because they said that it was all you can eat and we made them prove it. You know what I'm saying? Like we, 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 we made them put up their Dukes and show them what they got. So I got you, dude. So how good, yeah, were, those it, sticks, it, dude? How good were those sticks? Oh. Dude. Mm, 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 mm. You know, my, my, this is one, here's my one side tangent on that. Um, and I don't know if you were with me or not, Justin, but, uh, is is blazing into my mind. John, are you familiar with Ryan's setup? Do you know the way that Ryan's is set up, the restaurant? Yeah. How they got like okay. they, they had the steak place over on the one side. Oh, yeah. The, oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so you know when you come in, you pay first. So you yeah. don't pay after the meal, you pay first. Uh-huh. And then you can see there's a window, and then right behind the window, you see the people prepping the food, right? Right. And so 
um we went to we went the week before and uh we wanted all you can eat steak right and i go up there the first time and uh you know buddy has he has the the steak on the thing and he puts it on my plate and i'm like can i get another one and he's like you eat this one first and i was like okay <laughs> if this is the way it's gonna be so i don't even know if i made it back to the table before i ate that one and i went back and i was like how about two rare please dude throws on two and so now it's a personal challenge right so i am inhaling this ryan steaks and when we got done like we shared a moment we shared a glare shared a glance rather and then the next time that we came back whether it was the next week or two weeks later or whatever i am paying and as i pay up at the front through that window where that cook was i hear this tat 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 like clank clank tat 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 on the window i look and my man is tapping his tongs on the window and he's holding a steak like Fred Flintstone size. Like, a, you know what I'm saying? Like one of the, like a, the, the intro to Flintstones. He's holding that in them tongs and he's shaking it like, are you ready? You know, are you ready to rock? And um, so that was awesome. That was that was like my my favorite restaurant experience of my life. It was uh, getting, you know, paying nine bucks to walk in to eat a steak that was, you know, probably weighed as much as my entire uh, left leg. It was absolutely wonderful. <laughs> so good. And everything else there was so bad. I honestly, like, I was so young whenever we had Ryan's around here. I don't think I ever got a steak from Ryan's. I only fried, fried chicken's okay. okay. It was okay. Yeah, it was. Okay. Yeah, well, dude, you're not, and you're not supposed to go to Ryan's for the steak. Right. And we were, you know, we were 17 through 20, 21 years old at the time. And so, you know, that was a, that was a big time meal. You know, that was whenever, if you went to the, you, you took a date, like your biggest, your biggest best night out was at the Olive Garden. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like you're <laughs> splurging if you get the tour of Italy. Yeah. And, you know, so different, you know, just, just, just a different time. That was all. Yeah. I probably, I, I'm not, and I'm not like a, a food snob that bad or snakes, a steak snob that bad where I would say like, I couldn't eat a Ryan steak now, but like, it's not like I could drive past her and be like, Oh man, <laughs> I'm getting hungry. You know? Yeah. You want to hear another real quick Ryan story. There was one of the waitresses there. I got her phone number. She gave it to me outside. I put it in my phone, immediately lost her number called the restaurant, talked to her manager, asked her, asked the manager for a number and the, and the manager hung up on me. <laughs> <laughs> Never saw that girl again. All I just remember she was from Mount Union. That's, that's all I remember. <laughs> what an idiot, dude. My my Lord. Dude, dude Royal Ryan's talk. I, Royal Ryan's. The, the, <laughs> what, a, what a podcast. God. Who will survive at the Royal Ryan's? You know what else is bad about that place? Their their um, soft serve ice cream melted really fast. Yes, it all oh, that <laughs> yes, I'm a huge stickler about that. Yes, when you go to a buffet or something like that and you get the ice cream, it instantly melts, and I can't stand that. I need it like I love soft serve, soft serve over everything, but it just it does melt too fast. Uh, au contraire, uh, because I only go there for the toppings. Yeah. So I'll eat soupy toppings all day long. <laughs> so that for me, for me, I'm 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 basically just trying to eat milk flavored uh, Oreo crumbles and sprinkles, 
And if that's if that's the case, then I'm all in. That's like a Chinese buffet, dude. Whenever they had the soft serve at the Chinese buffet, yes. worst ice cream in America. Yes. But I would load the bottom of the cup up with sprinkles and then just put a little splatter of soft serve on top. And I would just dig into that thing like I was, you know, like I was checking, like, punching the time. <laughs> Unreal. I love it. You just want to keep right. So there was a wrestling show this weekend, huh? So yeah, I mean we're we're seventy five minutes into this into this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we did. Have, so we did actually do have a really big uh, pay per view. I would say it's probably been one of the better rumbles in past memory that I can think of. I really yeah. enjoyed it. We had some really good matches, and we started off hot with. Uh, I know you guys are not big Pat McAfee fans, but uh, Uncle Pat came back to the broadcast, which he talked about on his show on Monday. He was supposed to be in the Rumble, which makes me wonder if he was supposed to be in Logan Paul's spot or something like that. But maybe Ribby Ray. I mean, yeah, no, never mind. That doesn't make sense. But yeah, you're you're right. It could be Logan Paul's. The original plan was for him to be in the Rumble, and he said uh, because of my schedule with game day i don't want to do the rumble a disservice i'd rather just come back and commentate now and i'll get ready for like mania or something like that when you need me so i actually respect that out of pat for him to come out and say that and i know you guys don't like I, a lot yeah, of Pat. i i am yeah well and, and that's the thing is that i am i am not a pat mcafee fan in the broadcast booth because Pat McAfee in the broadcast booth cares about getting Pat McAfee over, over over everything else. But that being said, that dude, I I I wish like he's living our dream yeah. of like you know he he had the he had the financial capability to get himself a ring, and he got himself a ring, and he had the time and he had the freedom to be able to get himself into shape and learn how to work, and he takes it very seriously. And for all the stuff that he's ever done in Ring Man, I I just I can't you know I I just applaud it all. That being said, I so much rather would have rathered him been in the Rumble than on the on commentary. But I I re- totally do respect him saying that if I can't get in shape, then I don't want to do it. I don't want to take a spot from somebody else. Like it, it, it's it really juxtaposes how I feel about him in the broadcast booth. Because in the broadcast booth, I'm like, dude, you're so selfish. But I know he's not because he could have literally gone in there, got a huge pop, took the Miz bump out right away, and then that was it. And he didn't. So good for him. Yeah. Uh, with with me, I think, um, I mean, I can't disagree with any of that. I mean, it, it, that was the first time that I had ever heard him in the broadcast booth where I really felt like he was off the reservation. And he was he was taken away. He was taken away from the show, it, it felt like. And it, I was just kind of like, man – you're not needed, dude. If you're gonna, if you're just gonna go in there and you're just gonna be off the reservation, man, that's, you're just not needed at this point. But look, he's a WVU guy, and so am I. You know, so I have to give him props for that. He's a Pittsburgh guy too. You know, growing up in Pittsburgh. But uh, I got, I'm always, I'm probably always gonna like him for those things. But I just felt like he was, he was so, it, it just he took away from the show the whole night. I didn't really pick up on him. Like how he like kind of comes in like really soft and says something funny. And then he comes in really quickly loud to finish it. I didn't notice that until you said that during the show, Mongoose. Like I never picked up on it because he does that on his show all the time. So I'm just used to it. And then I realized what he was doing and it started to drive me nuts. 
a little bit. Yeah, yeah, it was it was beating me down. You know, you know, like and even like and again, like it's always whenever there's like a funny quirk. So I can't think of any offhand, but that Seth Rollins, you know, beat him down. You yeah. go like, oh my gosh, bro, oh, that 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 gets me. He does but the dude. You know what he does? He brings in a huge audience. Yeah, a huge audience of non wrestling fans, and those people like him for him. Like they want to hear those voice inflections. They that's his gimmick, dude. That's his style, and it's not for me. And so, even though I can't say that, like I, I think he's the best. This product, especially WWE product, is growing at a huge rate, and he is absolutely part of it. Like there's there's no part of me that would say that he isn't because I know that he gets millions of views on his channel every day for a three four hour long show and he got huge mac he's on game day so you have all these whatever jaded or lapsed fans i'm sure that have heard pat mcafee say hey i'm going to wwe and they say you know what i heard stone cold was back last year or you know i heard that this roman thing's good or whatever and so good you know that i i can't say that they're wrong for putting him there it's just not yeah. my it's not my favorite thing, but I can't say that they're wrong in doing it. A lot of the things that he does at the booth, he does on his show, but they have like their own bits and they have people that can respond to him immediately. So he gets instant feedback like that on his show, but he's not going to get that at the desk. I think if that's one thing, if that's a if there's a critique, I could like I know Pat's not listening, but if you could give Pat like an actual constructive criticism is that you're not speak right to him dude make him listen <laughs> listen here pat when you're sitting at the damn booth you're not gonna get you know boston connor and you're not gonna get ty schmidt giving you a dog dog back every time you speak like you're not gonna get that from Corey graves or anybody like that there's not there's nothing there's no banter like that so don't feed into it just work like just do what say what you're seeing and tell us uh, take us along for the ride and Maybe he doesn't even have to do that because he's not really the color guy. He's just the guy that's going to give him the funny bits. But like, if you're going to give the bits, give them. Like, don't wait. He's got to fit out. in. He's got to fit in too, not take away from what everybody else is doing. And yeah, and I think too, that's like the first time he's been back in a while, so he's probably a little bit nervous. And it's the rumble and all that. So I totally get all that. But I, I, I hope, I hope he is on the shows going forward because I did like him on SmackDown, and I would like to see them get back. I know that they've been doing the two man booth for a while, but I do. I, I really like Pat whenever he's on. I just whenever you mentioned it, I just couldn't get past it the other day. And I was just like, wow, like you pointed it out and I couldn't get through it. You know, another thing to say to to actually put him over is that, um, you know, I, I, I don't I know nothing about Michael Cole aside from only what i've heard for whatever 25 years just on radio or uh, wrestling television but it was actually really cool to see how genuinely pumped up the dude was that mcafee was back like i i like i actually like i thought that that was as genuine a moment as you can have on fake tv tv ever like i really thought that that was awesome that they kept that a secret and that you can see that this dude's buddy came back and he was so happy to have him back that uh, you know again that, that would go to that would go to because i do not think that pat mcafee's bobby heenan on the microphone 
And so that has a lot to say to what he's like when the mics are off. And so again, good for him. Right. And yet they do say that him and Cole are like, like actual shoot friends. Like they fly together when they're doing SmackDown and stuff, they go places after the show together. So like, that's actually kind of cool. Cause you really never hear about Cole, like outside of the outside of the ring or like what you see him on the show every week. And they, and Pat puts him over huge. I mean, obviously, cause he's going to, cause he's a Mark just like us, but he really puts over Cole, like how good of a duty is and all that. He even had him on the show. I did. I totally skipped that episode, but from what I heard, it was really good. Yeah. I mean, I want to put and over. Your... Oh, sorry. I want to put over Cole too. Cause I mean, how, how much, how much better is Michael Cole without Vince yelling at him? Oh, he's so much him. better. I put him on an early, on my early list for the Podski Awards. I put Michael Cole on the commentator list today. I, I think, like I was saying to you guys the other day, I, I think that Rick Abondi and Kevin Kelly in Excalibur are still ahead of him in my in my own personal opinion. But I think that that Michael Cole is is really good. He's probably he's 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 number four for me. But he's doing. He sounds so much better, man. So much. It's so much easier to digest those shows with him just out there acting like a normal human being and not having somebody yelling at him the whole time. Yes, he seems like he's not a robot anymore. Like he's just Michael, which is nice for once. Yeah. It's refreshing. Yeah, and and that Ke- and Kevin Kelly is going to need to develop a life-altering substance abuse problem for him to not be the best re- uh, announcer in wrestling. That's that's just that's the facts, man. You you can't beat him. He's he's genuine and he is enthusiastic and he knows the ins and out of every story. He knows every wrestler's moves. He knows what their weaknesses are and he communicates that to you and I the way that you and I would try to make sense of it in the living room. He does that on the broadcast booth. So, so Kevin Kelly is the like that's the the bad thing about all the improvement that Cole would have is you'd lead, you'd need to literally have like a most improved because I don't Kevin Kelly wears the crown man you know that's that's just it he's so good he's so good at what he does so last last night um, I was I was going through some of those New Japan shows that I had missed since Wrestle Kingdom because I wanted to watch like the New Beginning and stuff like that and even even you know night two of Wrestle Kingdom um, the other night but um, when I went through it. I kind of looked at the card and I was like, I don't know if, if any of this really jumps out at me that I really want to sit through four hours of it. You know what I mean? But I, I find myself wanting to watch those shows because of Kevin Kelly, believe it or not. And, and like when, when, when he's on there and they're just talking before the show and stuff like that, and there's and they're just that, that like still shot, the still shot of the ring, you know, for like 20 minutes before the show even starts and they're just bannering back and forth. Like I found, I found myself really enjoying listening to him talk about stuff. So I, I almost kind of want to keep watching the New Japan shows, even though I'm not fully invested in them, just because I want to hear him talk about stuff. Yeah. G1 Kevin Kelly is the best Kevin Kelly. Because Kevin Kelly will keep straight. And if I don't, you know, if it's all notes or if it's all up top, he keeps straight things that happen from night one the entire way through the tournament. He knows who has what, how many points he knows what the scenarios are he knows the side stories he knows everything else that's i think g1 kevin kelly is like peak wrestling announcer i think he's so good at that yeah and dillsburg native hell yeah god god bless dillsburg <laughs> I, I can't believe i'm saying that out loud i not had a lot of dillsburg heat for a bunch of years but okay. you know hey, yeah not, yeah 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 <laughs> So 
the Rumble was the first match on the card, the men's Rumble. And some really good stuff that happened in this Rumble. We had Gunther. He had five eliminations. Uh, he was your number one entrant, uh, along with uh, Sheamus. He was number two. And I love it. That a nice big Haas fight in there again. Kind of really made sense. It, I really like how they structured this uh, Rumble match because they really did a good job of pairing people that have had storylines all throughout the year. And they some and all of them either met at some point in the match or they were just right after each other in entrance or eliminations. Like they really did a really great job, I thought, this year. And Gunther and Sheamus both together. I mean, they did the the Clash of the Castle. That was match of the year uh on the on the award show. And they went to town on each other. And I thought that was a fantastic start. Yeah, and you know the the best thing about that was and we all and it's me especially you know listen to the the show that we did last week you know what are my favorite rumbles they're all from 1993 to 1997 basically you know because you romanticize that as time goes on and one of the things that whether it's true or not because i haven't rewatched all of them in you know recent history is how good the rumble was to set up wrestlemania to plant a seed for SummerSlam and whatnot i do not think the women's match was particularly strong in that regard but i do think that the men's match was absolutely wonderful there like we can look at what happened throughout that rumble as you said we had callbacks to sheamus and gunther we had um, the Sheamus and and Drew, you know, the the Bash bro, Bang Bros, which I guess they couldn't get enough of saying. Um, but you know, we we had them, um, you know, uh, working together, fighting each other. We had the Lashley and Brock thing, you know. Later on, then we have Logan Paul and Seth. Like there was a there was a lot of uh, Dominic and. Um, uh, Dominic and Ray, even though Ray wasn't there, you know, we now we know like we can pick out like three or four uh, mania matches now and whether or not they're going to be mania matches or they're going to be set up more at the mania or whatever. But to me, like Dominic and Ray mania match, um, Bobby, oh, please give me Brock and Gunther. They had to look at each other for a reason. Yes. I know that Meltzer said that that's not supposed to be on the card. But and so if that happens to be SummerSlam, that's cool. Yes. But that stare down was great. Oh, um, yeah. So we have possibly like Lashley and Brock, you know, uh, and if that is just like a five minute car crash, cool. Yes. Um, we have Seth and Logan Paul, which yes. will be an awesome match. That's like, so good. You know, yep, yep. That'll be great. Um, and then, of course, we know that we have Cody and Roman and maybe I'm missing some, you know, if, if I am please, you know, fill me in. But right there, there's four WrestleMania matches that we had set up in 72 minutes. So that was awesome. The only thing they that I'm not sure how they fit is Edge. Where does it does Edge take on somebody like Finn or does he take somebody like Damian Priest? Well, it's going to be Finn. Did you did you in my opinion, did you see any of uh, any of Raw last night? I did. Okay, so it, they kind of set up the the edge edges back, and he was beating on Finn, yada yada. So I think okay. that'll be the I think that'll be the Mania match. I'm cool right, and but here's the only the only thing about, about that is, um, and I I was either Observer Radio or one of those. 
that they mentioned and it was so true. And, you know, it, because, you know, as wrestling fans, we tend to have a short memory when it comes to things like that. But dude, how many times since Edge has come back, has Edge then been injured and then came back again? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so like we have this feud again now with him and Finn. But that being said, look, Edge and Finn is a WrestleMania match. It absolutely is a WrestleMania match. And it's at the, you know, it's at the bottom of the card, but that's a WrestleMania match, man. So yeah, it, it, off I just, with that. I would, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's, I, I was just going to say, I, I just hope that, that they continue to just do this like run-ins. Now they need to do something. Please don't injure Edge again. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't put him out until Mania. But I think the smart move is Edge keeps stepping in. And yeah. so he's got to be suspended, right? So you suspend him for, you know, three weeks or whatever. And then he cuts the big promo after Elimination Chamber to set up the Mania match. I think that that makes the most sense, just to keep them apart. I'm cool with that. I really, yeah, too. I, I'm I'm a big Edge guy. I know that. Uh, I'm not sure if Mongoose and Andretti are big Edge guys. I know I know Mong or uh, I know Andretti is a huge Edge hater, but I I'm an Edge guy just because I he's he was growing as I was in it. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I I respect that completely, and that's what's so cool about being friends with people that are in the next generation is you get a chance to see what we thought was awesome. And then you get to look at it through an entirely different scope. And I know you're digging the new gen stuff right now, but if you watched it and said, ah, eh, this isn't as good, that's fine. Um, because me and Andretti can be like, dude, this is the best stuff they ever did. And then we can watch what was and it's so funny is that, you know, me and Andretti would get together. We'd watch every Raw, SmackDown, and pay-per-view together from 2002 until probably early 2005. And we would sit there the entire time and just groan and moan and complain about how not good it was. But then here, I can now tell you how good 2002 was, 2003 was. And to then, especially be in your eyes then, where you're now growing up as you know, the, the, you got to see the John Cena rise, you know, the same way that I got to see the Shawn Michaels rise. Yeah. And so I never get mad at people that, that, that like those dudes that I thought were, you know, sort of jobbish, you know, a little, little loserish because I remember <laughs> just edge being in the brood, yeah. and that, you know what I mean? Like, and so I, I totally get that, but that's what makes wrestling so cool is that it does, it then transcends generations and it's what keeps people watching, you know what I'm saying? And, and then it helps make for a good audio. So. <laughs> yeah. The um, interesting thing out of this too, that we had in the fallout of, Royal Rumble was Austin Theory and how he's going to, you mentioned the chamber and how they're doing the U.S. title in that elimination chamber in a couple weeks. That is such an awesome idea to make, to not that just because I feel like that's always forced on us that we have to have the world title be the elimination chamber. Why not build these mid-card titles? Because the mid-card titles under Vince have not meant a thing. So let's bring it back. Let's let them yeah. do something. Let's put them on a premium event. Let's make it the showcase. And I personally think that theory, I don't think he keeps that title because I think that Uncle John is knocking at his door. I think that theory in Cena could be the mania match. I don't well, know, people, but I'm feeling it. 
the people they're putting in the elimination chamber match are all people that I want to see. Yes. So it's it's like Theory, um, Bronson Reed. It sounds like it's going to be Montez Ford. It sounds like it's going to be Damian Priest. I mean, those are people that I'm like, dude, I'm all in on that. I love every one of those guys. They're starting to turn yeah. Theory. I'm starting to dig him now. Yeah. I don't know. If- yeah, dude, he's gotten he's gotten so much better on the stick talking like he he, t- he was really good last night talking to me uh talking to mvp in the ring and doing all that stuff so i i don't know i don't know who ends up winning that match but I'm, I'm looking forward to it i don't know if eddie stag turned me on him last week but ever since then i've been i've been uh creeping around the waters looking at what theory's doing because i'm excited you know what else is really great Dude, about that's what, oh go ahead sorry hey, go ahead go ahead what's cool too i know i've mentioned this before either you guys are on the pod i, I don't even know where but I really like when they play up where somebody's from. Like they do, like they, you know, Rollins is a perfect example. He, he had the Iowa zone shirt, right? I mean, they, yeah. they went all in on that. Like they're, they're building, they're, they're building theory up as this, this Atlanta guy. They keep talking about Atlanta with him. Like I want more of that. Like t- give me more context about the backgrounds of these people. It makes me feel even more connected to them, even when I'm not from Atlanta. You know what I mean? Like I really, I really enjoy that aspect of it, and that seems like that 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 is is going to be kind of the thing moving forward a little bit, where we're kind of playing that up a little bit more. And I, I really like it. Yeah, I really like it too. Well, that's that's sports. It's sports. That's sports. You know, why why do why do we why do we like NFL players because of where they went to college? Sure. You know, oh, I like this guy. He went to Penn State. I like this guy. He went to Pitt. I like this guy. He went to USC, and so you get to watch them at your school for three or four years. And then you get to get, watch him in the NFL and he might not play for your team, but you, you buy his Jersey. You he's on your fantasy team. You pick him on your daily fantasy sports picks, you know? And, and so that's what, that's what really ingrains it. And it creates a connection with a person. And so to have somebody that is authentically from an area I think is very smart. That was, that was a really, really good point. And you just think about how Vince in particular fought that for all those years. You know, oh, Bailey's going to San Diego, so she's going to lose the biggest match of her career. Like, what, yep. are, what are we doing? Yep. Like the, the easiest pop in wrestling is put the hometown guy or gal over. And it is, it, you would assume that if Theory is getting this, that his one of his big wins is going to be, you know, is going to be in Atlanta. AEW on, on Wednesday, I love the fact that Hangman Page said, I'm going to do what nobody thought they could do. I'm going to beat John Moxley in Ohio. You put Ohio over? Like, legit? Like, yeah. bravo. Like, that's is, that is awesome. I like it, too. I think it's really great. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to say before we continue on, John, to put what you said over big time. These mid-card belts, and this has probably been said before, so excuse me, but I grew up with the IC belt being my favorite title. I cared about who was in the IC uh, contention more than who was in the world contention because at that time, Hulk had the belt, or it was even like the the Flair and then Macho and then Brett. Like Brett winning did make a difference, but I started watching when Brett was the IC champion. And so if you had that IC belt, that was a huge deal. The, you know, I, I then saw the the ladder match at Mania 10 for the IC belt, you know. 
And that IC belt at Razor Ramon never won the world championship, was only in one world title belt fight that I can remember, which would have been the Rumble 93. And it didn't matter because to me, he was still so over and such a champion, air quotes, because the dude had the IC belt. And those belts meant nothing for so long. And the fact that we have a pay-per-view centered around putting over a mid-card belt I'm all the way in. Yes. Well, think, all- think about think about this too. Like you know, it, it, during that era when Hogan was champ, and they had you know, Hogan, Andre, Yokozuna, whoever he was in there against, the people that were going for the IC belt were oh. the ones who ended up influencing and inspiring the next generation of workers. And we're talking about you know, uh, Steamboat, uh, uh, Henning, people like that. All the guys that were just unbelievable workers, Savage. You know, the ones who who now. Mm-hmm influenced Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart and who then influenced Johnny Gargano and Kenny Omega and whoever, whoever else it ends up being. So that kind of was the worker belt for a long time, whenever we were growing up. And I, I, I can't, I can't agree more with that. I mean, I, I love that IC belt when I was a kid. Yeah. And I love that they, speaking of the IC belt with Gunther as the holder of that title. Now, I love that, you know, no one can touch him and there's no reason for him to lose that belt, keep it on him. Let him stay strong. Let him keep beating the tar out of people. And, you know, let's just keep going. He has no reason to lose that belt. We keep it at a high profile. It's on SmackDown already. That's your that's your premier brand. I, I'm personally, I love SmackDown. I, it, it is it's such an easy show to digest. It's, it's a quick two hours. And I don't really ever watch it live. I usually watch it the Android way. I watch it with the fast forward button. So, if there's something I don't like, I zip right through it, and it's a quick, easy watch, and I love. Anytime I see Imperium on the show, I care about them a lot, and it's only because, like, it's Gunther making the belt right now, almost kind of like how Theory is almost making the U.S. belt, Theory and Lashley, and then, like, they've been doing this hard work for the year, uh, like, the last year now, and it's gonna, and it's, like, almost like it's paying off at Elimination Chamber. I'm really excited for that match because I'm a huge Elimination Chamber guy. Yeah, I, I, I the only the only thing with the U.S. belt, I wish they would bring back the WCW version of that belt, man. I agree. That oh was, yeah, that, yep, yep. I mean, that's like that's like my favorite belt of all time, physically. Speaking of belts, Cody has been teasing for months. Like, and on Monday morning, he posted the winged eagle belt as his Instagram story. And Uncle Meltzer already said they're coming up with a a belt rebrand. They're gonna re they they already have new belt designs ready. Hey. They need to. I'd love if they would do something with that belt and it look either it is the winged eagle belt and they're just repackaging it with a new WWE logo on it and some font or whatever, or if they're doing something. He that- brought back the retro IC. He, he did. did bring back the retro IC. Yeah, the the belt the belts that they have right now that I really like the most is the IC belt and the women's tags. And I think if I'm not mistaken, I think that the same company are the are the ones that designed those two belts. I really like the North American belt and I used to really that that first NXT belt with the big X on it. I thought that belt was awesome because they're just so different than the other belts. Like I wish that they mm-hmm. did something. Di- I wish that the universal belt, I, I get the, I get the branding aspect of it. Like one's got a blue strap. One's got a black strap, but I wish they looked different. Like they did like, especially in 2002 and three, because of the brand, like you had big gold and then you had, the undisputed belt, which I 
like that. I really that that undisputed belt. A lot of people don't like that belt, but I love the undisputed. The original. I do. It's this big. Yes. Yeah, I love huge belts. Yes. And I I I do like the um. I'm not a spinner belt fan at all, but. I do like this belt that they have now. I just wish that the other belt, like the universal belt, looked different. I wish they weren't the same thing with a different strap. Well, here's the problem with that, John, is that their world titles are belts with the company's logo on it. Yeah. It is literally you winning the Super Bowl and you being handed diamond NFL letters. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? It's 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 nonsensical. It is branding, but you you're not winning like what I, that it's 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 so obnoxious in the branding that's what's frustrating about it is that that those world title belts forever and this is wrestling this is boxing you know this is whatever is that you have these big beautiful embellished and, and engraved you know logos and this and that the ufc belt does have a big ufc on it but you just spoke about the winged eagle which is the greatest belt of all time uh, a 1A is the original IC belt, but the winged eagle is the best belt of all time in my eyes. Mm-hmm. And that thing had a WWF logo on it that was the smaller than Braun Strowman Superman tattoo. You know what I'm saying? That thing was teeny tiny. Yes. And then, um, you know, and that was the, all those other belts, man, a little WCW in the WCW World Championship, the NWA, which was then the big gold. Like you couldn't even see a company logo on it. It was just big and gold. You know what I mean? And yeah, so I'm totally with you is that I think that 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 universal or world championship or whatever they want to call it. We and this for both men's and women's. We got to we got to fix that. We got to change that. We got to change those to belts that aren't just company branding. And I think I think that's what's going to happen. Right. I mean, it sounds like that's that's the way we're going to go with it. I, I hope. I just hope that for all of our sake that Vince just stays away and just stays out of it because what everything that Trips has done in these last like nine months, he's really building it. And we this time last year, we would not be talking about this Royal Rumble like this. Like we have all we've says with our we I mean we've had some criticism, but we've had a lot of positive things, majority of positive positivity here that we would have never had last year. And it's all just because, like, yeah, actually taking the time and logically laying it out to where, like, he's just giving us what we want for once. And I mean, this is this is probably the, it's probably the first time that I've ever been a fan that ninety percent of what's happening in that company I'm pretty good with. That's the first time I could ever say that. I think he's doing a really good job. And, yeah, I, and, and I'm, um, I'm looking. I'm looking for Vince, dude. I'm looking for Vince. Every time we watch a show, I'm looking for Vince's Vince's input, and I haven't seen it really. And I'm really, I'm really glad to, glad to see that. The only thing I think we get see. Vince influence. The only thing I think we might get some Vince influence on, and it, it's only because it feels like this is what we'll talk about after this men's rumble match is that pitch black match. That. We'll get to the pitch before, before we get into all of that, <laughs> because because this was something that you had said earlier, and I wanted to make the point of, so I even typed it into my chat bar, so I wouldn't forget, is you saying about the um the Gunther build with that IC belt, and then this is something you said, and this is something Andretti said earlier, um, 
yeah, text whenever we were texting over the weekend about everything. Uh, this Gunther build is the, the, the only near callback that I have is Cena U.S. title because when he won that belt, that was a big thing for him. And he reestablished that belt for a little while. You know what I'm saying? And then it sort of went back into the trash heap. But he, him winning that belt mattered. And Gunther winning the IC belt hasn't necessarily mattered, but he's making it matter. And the important thing with that is when he loses that belt, now he may absolve it on his way to the world championship, but the best thing to do is get some hot baby face that beats him and then now you are you you've just made a man in one night so that's one thing and then the other thing is when you were saying about this like build and establish um you want to talk about how those mid-card belts went into the trash brock lesnar never won the ic belt like growing up you won the ic and then you held the ic and then you got the world championship uh, that dude they put the king of the ring and then they use the king of the ring to skip over it. And if you think about it, at the time, it was really smart because the IC belt would have actually been beneath him. You know what I'm saying? So they they went king of the ring and then they used that to crown him to then get the shot at the, what was the rock then at that SummerSlam. Um, and so uh, Paul being in charge here and establishing stars and establishing championships is awesome. And as much of as I thought that AEW storylines and builds and everything were so much better in 2020 and then 2021. They now have too many championships, too many champions. And so that you, we have, a, we're sort of degrading those. And this is where I think that the WWE combining those two belts has helped a lot because now you have a belt on each show for the mid cards. You have one sole champion, which there always should be. I don't ever want them to split those belts up. And so you have five, essentially world men's um, in, in just strictly the men's division. World men's, you have two mid-card belts, and then you have unified tag champions. I would love for the tag champions to continue to travel back and forth, world champion to travel back and forth, and then keep a mid-card belt and a mid-card belt. To me, like well, that, the, the, the setup they have now should be that, that way forever. And the, the, those mid-card belts, you put one on each show, and that's the that's the focal point of the show. Other than other mm -hmm. than the travelers, other than the travelers, right. that that focal that, because that you don't get the world champion every night, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I really like that. I wish they would rebrand those tag belts too. They oh, they're awful. They look awful. I never like those belts ever. But yeah, I it's, do, coming. it's coming. It's coming. It's coming, yeah. I, I like you, you know you know why it's coming because all their belts right now look different from all the other belts. So you've got to you it. They don't need to look identical, but they should look they should look like they're from the same company, right? Yes, they do. They those belts do stand out uh, differently from the other belts that they already have now. Like the new but like the new mid card belts, they look beautiful and they're totally different. And all the ones that have been around for too long, they they do they do all stand out like it's like damn, that's like an old belt now. Like it's whoever whoever did who in my in my personal opinion, whoever did the IC belt, um, which I think is Wildcat Sports, I think is the name of the company that did it. Um, because I think they're the same ones that made the made the defy uh, men's belt and the defy women's belt, which I really like a lot. I think if 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 um if Wildcat are the ones who did the IC belt and the women's tag team belts, I think you just you you let them do all of them. 
and let let one let one company rebrand all of them, man. Yeah, agreed. It should be because didn't Dave used to do them all, Milliken? I don't know. I I think so. I don't. I don't know. I no no no. Reg Park did the um the old WWF ones. Yeah, before that. Well, I mean after Reggie. Uh, could could have been. I think very very well could have been old belts by day and yeah old belts by day. <laughs> uh, another. <laughs> this was a low. I felt like this was a low spot of the Rumble. Uh, was Booker T. He got a huge pop for me, and then I saw him start to move, and he literally looked like he was in quicksand, and everybody else was on a treadmill running away from him. You know, they did something really interesting in reality wrestling with him. So him and uh, him and Mysterious Q um, were a tag team, and then Booker T stepped away to go like do go like quote unquote go do some business elsewhere, right? And then they brought in this big guy. Um, uh, what the hell is his last? I forget his name. Gaspard, I think his name is. He's he's pretty good, but he's really green. Um, so him and Mysterious Q are now the tag team champs, but it was Booker T and Mysterious Q that got them there. And then Booker T just like quietly just like disappeared and they brought in this big guy. And now it's it's Q and, and the big dude. It, it was pretty good. They did a good job. You know, I actually didn't mind the Booker T spot. And the reason why is you got a huge pop and what whatever was going on that was, you know, that was putting him a few steps behind he didn't throw anybody out, you know. He did. He didn't. He didn't kill anybody to death. The only thing that he did was do what would happen in real sports, which is if you're too slow, then you get the heave ho, you know. And that that even rhymed. That worked so well that I was able to articulate that with great, great, uh, uh, you know, whatever literary skill. But no, dude, he was, he got the huge brother pop from everybody. I had Milton in the house wearing, wearing my daughter's Raven costume. So, you know, that was awesome to see. Uh, and then he immediately got tossed, which I also do need to allude to Bravo booking high fives all around that they had the Miz get totally geeked right away. That was just, I look, man, the Miz, he's one of those ones where, uh, you know, he, he's, I, I, I don't want the Miz as my champion, but the Miz is the best nerd. He's so good at the Pratt fall, you know, spray me with liquids or I'm falling for your tricks or whatever. And so him coming out there, it was that SmackDown when he came out and flopped his line and knew that he did it and chuckled really quick and then went through it. He's a pro. He knows he's a geek and in a very good way. He's not a, um, you know, you know what he's like? He's like a, like um, how uh, Ron Killings is right now. He knows his spot and he plays it perfectly and he's not trying to hold on for too long. He doesn't win a million matches. He like I I the Miz has really, really grown on me here. And the fact that that was his rumble appearance, I thought was awesome. Speaking of in and out, how about Karrion Cross, who they they do this big entrance for him every week and it they he almost feels like pushed down our throats, but he seems like a really big triple H guy, but he was number two out. Like, I don't, I don't know what's, what the, I think that was a hard answer. I, I do. I, I think that that was, I think that could have been creative saying we, we hear you people like, because 
uh, he ain't it. And I, I, dude, I, I want everybody to be good. I really do. Like, I wish that everybody was good. And I promised myself that if I ever got to record audio talking about wrestlers, that I wouldn't just tell them how I wanted them all to die and not wrestle anymore. You know what I'm saying? And so I will not do that. But what I will say is that obviously he's not, he's not being taken by the audience. And he, I loved shaved head. I thought that NXT carrying cross was very good. I did. Yeah. I thought that his yeah, matches really, were fine awesome. and everything, but yeah, full head hair carrying cross, man. Some just, it's not clicking. And I don't know if it was them killing him to death with the Hardy thing whenever he first got pulled up or I don't know what it is, but yeah, I think that that was, I think that that was creative's admission. And maybe that's a potential rebrand thing to say like, Hey, let's, he got geeked right away. Let's pull him off. And now we have a, a comeback story on our hand. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the big. I, I think. I. I think it's the hair. For me, it's the hair. Like you got to shave his head, man. Come on, what the, are we doing? The hair, the hair is throwing me off. It looks too. Yeah, it looks too regular. He does. Yep, he looks too regular. The uh, the big spot of the match. Yeah, really quick before you get to that one. Yeah, I, I want to say this really quick, John, because because I'm just looking at where we are, where you where you're at with entrance. I think that we should note two things. One being. They booked Brock Lesnar in this rumble brilliantly Yes. because if Rock, Brock's not going to murder them all, then having Brock murder a few and then get tossed, I thought was brilliant. Yes. And then uh, the other thing is that um, they dropped the ball by not having Elias come out early, yes. shave his face, yes. and then come back out. That is like the only thing that they did wrong in that men's rumble for me. Is is not using Elias twice. It's a shame. Yeah, it that is a true shame because oh my gosh, they should have done that. It would have been so good. Everybody would have popped huge for it. He should have been right behind Miz, and then had him get tossed really quick, have him shave, and then he could come right back in whenever he came in at nineteen, and we would have melted for him. And you know what? And it would have been even better if they even gimmicked like razor cuts and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like, like play it and and just have him say, "I don't know." You know, of course I'm not Elias. You can tell. Like th that would have been cool. But you know what? The other thing is, um, aside from the the Bray Wyatt mess, there's not a lot of room for you know geekdom on the TV. And so if you don't want to fill your show with that, that's fine too. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, what I was getting to is the big spot of this whole thing was the Ricochet Logan Paul. I don't know what you call that. Is that a springboard double clothesline? I guess. Yeah. That's perfect. That's per that was perfect. Perfect phrasing. That was beautiful what they did. I know that NXT kind of did uh, Hayes and I can't remember who did it, but they kind of did a similar thing where they did, they did it from inside the ring on the middle rope and turned back into each other, not started from the outside and then springboard in. That was the, that's by far the best move I think I've seen in a years. Like that thing was insane. And, and you know, and I heard, uh, and that I agree with is that it is a completely nonsensical spot, but that is going to be shown on 
packages for the rumble packages for sell the WWE that for dude, that's, that's for the next 15 years. That's going to be on everything. And so that was, it was, that was, it was brilliant and neither person got hurt and holy athleticism, you know, like everything about it was, yeah, that was, that was awesome. And, And, you know, one of my friends that watches no wrestling tweeted me that, you know, it was actually Andretti's cousin. He said, hey, check this out. Oh, yeah. And so I oh, was yeah. like, okay. That oh, was... She texted you and told you that? <laughs> yep. 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 Old, old Coda Jeffy. Had, he sent he sent that over and said, brother, do you see? And I said, yeah, that was, that was everything. Yeah. Even my co- All right, John. My coworker on Monday. You, I was, was going to say. He was like, dude, did you see that Logan Paul thing? at the rumble i was like yes i was watching that live like that how awesome was that he was like that was sick like and he doesn't understand anything about wrestling like i thought that was awesome but what were you gonna say all right man i i I need i want i i want you take it take us through the most magical eight minutes of the rumble ending that we've ever seen in our lives because that was absolutely everything I mean, we got a match. We got we got a match between the two of them, which was really great, unbelievable. Yes, I love how they even brought the lights down instantly for him. With the wrestling has more than one royal family. Oh, it's so good. Oh, just injected into my veins every week. I love the pyro. He, it's like he's the perfect wrestler for me because. It's all pyro and it's all the, the it's all the big theatrics and all that. And then he just took that nice long walk to the ring. I thought it was fantastic that he came out at 30. I, I thought in the preview show, I thought he might have come in at 28 or 29, but I love that they waited until the end and gave him the big to do. Um, it was really good. He and Gunther both had the same amount of eliminations. They both had five. And I really, really dug the fact that we got Gunther and Cody for like a legit match for like, what was that? Five to seven minutes there at the well, end. I think it was longer than that even. Yeah. Everybody yeah, kind of, I, I, I think it was seven or eight. It might be wrong, but that was, that was about what, what I had. Oh, Allison, that was after, after, after Gunther had been in there for a freaking two hours. Right. Yeah. And Allison was sitting beside me and she was like, are they like going to end this soon? And I was like, well, I don't want them to end it. Like this is, this is what I, I like this. Like usually they just get right to the ending and they, they toss them really quick, but, I really liked that they gave like a little match there and it, it was perfect. I loved it. Had yeah. to, and was, I, and, I, I think I texted to you guys that that was to me, it was so smart. If you're going to put Cody in at 30, you don't want to give him the easy path, which to allude to raw really quick, my man, Dominic, who is now my second favorite wrestler, Kenny Omega, Dominic, it is, it, and it's, they're almost side by side. <laughs> <laughs> but my, my man Dominic said that they handed that to you on a silver platter because you came out at 30. The fact that Cody had to literally beat the final boss to get the shot yeah. was brilliant. I, I that was I was absolutely brilliant. Man. If if Cody would have thrown out Seth Rollins, there would have been some poetry there to say, okay, you know, we had this feud and blah blah blah. But the fact that it wasn't Seth Rollins, the fact that it was this big, you know, final that's just chopping him and chopping him and his chest is getting destroyed. And we remember that his chest is destroyed and all, all that was so good. It was so good. And we knew Cody was going to win. 
and we still had Gunther there making us think he might win, but he's going to be ground beef if he gets through. The, it was perfect. Absolutely perfect. So bravo to that. Yeah, yeah. man. Like, like I was saying to you guys too, like it, it's, it, there's nothing wrong with giving people an obvious finish when you do it well, because, you know, look, Georgia was the number one team all year. Right. And they won the national championship. There's that, that is what happens in sports too, man. Like just because somebody's the best team, or they're the the favored team to, to to do something in the in the NCAA or whatever. Like those teams still win, <laughs> they still win the championship. So there's there's nothing wrong with giving somebody like a an obvious finish as, as long as you as long as you do it in a smart way. And they did it in a smart way. I thought I thought everything with that rumble was was really well done. Yes, I thought it was. One final thing I want to get in there, John, yeah. is the fact that they announced no Sami Zayn. Yes. Sammy has other plans for tonight, which is you're going to be Roman's lackey. Yes. That very smart. You took the crowd out of it right from the get go. The, all the fantasy booking we did gone. Yep. No bloodline guys in there. Brilliant. Like uh, that was, that was good too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Whenever they, everyone was kind of waiting, especially at 29. I really thought Sammy was coming at 29 whenever he hadn't been in there the whole entire time. And then we got Logan Paul. It was almost like a, it's like a sigh of relief that like we weren't going to have that for Cody like and it was 100% Cody's moment and that's what I enjoyed most about it was that it was 100% all for Cody and there was nothing taken away like he had to earn it um but yeah and then and I don't know if you knew John but it was it was announced ahead of time so the people there knew that Sammy was not going to be in there so it wasn't uh 29 comes and it's Logan Paul. So then he's, well, he was booed out of the building, but it was, it was good. It was Logan Paul. He, it wasn't, Oh, you're not Sami Zayn. He, do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that was, that was the best to sort of disarm the crowd. I thought was really, really smart. Right. That was really smart because I totally missed that part. Um, And then right after that, we get this pitch black match, which it was like a huge achieving crowning moment that was so awesome. And then we segue right into this. I, I don't know what you call it. It's clearly a gimmick match. Visually, it pleased me. I was and I was sports entertained with the visual of it. I really liked the neon. It made me feel like I was at the arcade and there was like a fight breaking out at the arcade. I I loved that. The ending with the puppets, I'm I hate the puppets. The puppets, they they can eat my shorts. I, I can't stand them. But the Uncle Howdy thing, uh, I, I'm I'm not sure I'm getting in with that yet. I guess it once we realize who it is and all that. But to me, I was sports entertained by it. Uh, that's what I'll say. Um I didn't think it was as bad as what the fiend would have done. So I guess there's some points for that because it's not well, it wasn't a red light. It was a black light. But I, for me, visually, I liked it. I could sit and watch it. Um, For me, I'll give it a passing grade, I guess you could say. Yeah, the the Bray, the so, Bray Wyatt stuff, I don't I don't understand it. It, it doesn't connect with me at all. I'm not a fan of, of anything that he does. I don't think his matches are good. I don't think he's needed. But as a as a major uh, a major fan of LA Knight, 
I'm really glad LA Knight got a paycheck and he got a singles match on a, on a, on a major show. So from that standpoint, I kind of knew what the ending was going to be. It was going to be some hokey dumb shit, which is what it was. It's all Bray's all, all Bray does is, is ruin people's ruin people's careers. So it's like, look, he's probably the nicest guy in the world, man. But I mean, there, there's just, there's just, it doesn't do anything for me. It doesn't, it doesn't connect with me. I don't understand it. I don't think it's going anywhere. It it is not gone anywhere in ten years. So we're we need to move on. It's t- time to move on. Go to either either making the creepy guy in the swamp carrying the lantern or put that guy in impact because I don't know what else you do with that dude. Yeah, I can't I say. Really... Go ahead. Go ahead. Um. So I I I love I love bullshit. Like I, I do. Like I, I, I love j- stupid things. You know, if ever since I was a kid, my, one of my favorite segments of all time was the Undertaker going to heaven after the WrestleMania what was it ninety four match uh, where Yoko and all of his cronies killed him to death and opened his urn and all that stuff. Um, you know, I made my dad watch it. So that he to see him to see a man die on screen and get lifted body and soul up. Um, my dad didn't hit me that night, thank God. But you know, I was I was so enthralled by it, and so forever the the ministry stuff I thought was great. And here's where I'm at now as a grown man: is that I still love bullshit, but I either want it to be recognized as outwardly hokey or and i can't believe these words are going to come out of my mouth but i but it's i was sort of trying to rationalize this all day i needed to be legit like witchcraft satan stuff like like at least the ministry thing was witchcraft satan stuff like at least i felt like the undertaker worshiped the devil do you know what i mean so like him being so dark I at least got to be like, oh, there's a reason. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this, there is this true darkness. Like when it is just magic and whatnot, it doesn't fit on the show anymore. And, and, and it's because it's perceived as being authentic. It's not perceived as being hokey. Do you know? And that's, that's sort of my problem. If, if we were, if we, if we got this, and that was actually why I didn't mind the Firefly Funhouse is that it was purposefully hokey, right? And because it was like in your face, we're messing around. I didn't have a problem. I actually really loved the Cena match with Bray, the match quote unquote with Bray, because that entire storyline was set up around weird hokey puppets, blah, blah, blah. And when they were time traveling and doing all those things, I was, I was all, I actually liked the Bray match more than the Boneyard match. And I'd be in a minority whenever it comes to that. That being said, that match, that black light match was visually, as you said, great brace face paint and stuff was really cool. But you just want to talk about like a, just a 12 minute or whatever waste of my time. You know, I know what the result's going to be. And the most frustrating thing about it was that this is his first match since when did he come back October? Yeah. And so then he comes back and he's like, I'm, I'm a man now, you know, like I'm, I'm not like, uh, I don't have a mask on so I could feel pain again or whatever he said. Back with a mask. But then he puts, dude, he put another GD mask on and then didn't feel pain again. 
he got a kendo stick upside the head how many times? And because he had a mask on, he didn't feel it. So we literally went the entire way back to everything that was wrong with the fiend before. And so to me, that's I was at that at that point in time, I'm like, all right, well, wrap it up. You know, wrap, get the music on, wrap this thing up, let's go. And then we didn't wrap it up because then we got an Uncle Howdy sighting sighting. And that's I yeah, I, I wanted to like this. And I was just like, get this, get this off my screen, man. I mean, I I expected all of that to happen. And therefore, I didn't care at all. But again, I just was happy that a guy that I've liked since I saw him in NWA Hollywood was getting a paycheck and had a singles match on a big show. That's all I cared about. Yeah, I I guess because I knew that that's what was going to happen. And I didn't have a large expectation of it being anything other than that. So my I set my expectation low and it and it met my expectation. You know, LA Knight is so good. Yes. He's really good in the ring. He's incredible on the mic. He's he's so natural and so believable and so good. And you know, I, I don't know if it's kind of like a become like a rite of passage at this point where you've got to go do the Bray shit for before you can go on to something else but i'm really hoping that we're done here dude or, or hopefully we're just done with this and we can get we can get eli drake going up against you know uh, i don't know freaking gunther or, or austin theory or whoever the hell you want him to go up against you know for uh for a, a, a belt or or not even a belt you know whatever put it just put him in a feud with somebody else where we can see two guys work that know what the hell they're doing and, and take this seriously a serious feud yeah uh, and speaking of things that, you know, I felt were uh, unserious and then it, just this compounding on top of the Bray thing was this Raw Women's Championship that I, I didn't care about. And like it just was a, another time waster in the show. I personally thought I, I, I don't like Alexa Bliss anymore. And she just th- this whole thing that they're doing with her and Bray, I don't like it. I hate it. It's it's hokey. It's BS. It's not believable. It's childish and it's overdone. And anymore, I I could come up with so many other adjectives to describe how I feel about this, but it is an absolute dud. Negative for me when I see it and I don't want to see her anymore. I I don't care if she ever wrestles in WWE ever again, but everything that they do with Alexa bliss makes me hate her and hate that division so much more. They've got, they've got nowhere to go with her is the problem problem. because she's, she's undersized. And even in that, in that match with Bianca dude, Bianca looked like she could have tore her arm right off of her body if she wanted to do it. Yeah. It, it just it didn't look right. It it looked like she was in there with a little kid. And look, I'm sure I'm sure that Bliss is a is a good person, and and she's she's okay enough in the ring to do what she does. But she's she's hit the ceiling, in my opinion. I don't think I don't think she's going anywhere higher than where she's at right now. And if you want to if you want to keep her around as a as a you know lower mid card baby face or heel and have her put people over, then so be it. Maybe maybe that's a person that just needs to change the scenery, man. I mean, she could she could fit in fine other places. You know, she could probably be on the AEW women's roster and, you know, not win championships, but she could go there and work a little bit, just get a, a change of scenery, kind of the way, you know, Ty Conti did at one point and, and ended up doing a lot better there for a while. Now she's terrible, but she was good there for a while. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know what you do 
And I feel bad. I feel bad for, for Bliss because they saddled her with, with just an, un, an unmeasurable amount of bullshit for so long that they killed her. They killed her career. And I, I don't I don't know what you do with her other other than just go back to it and see if she can be the the you know the the female member of this completely idiotic stable that apparently is going to get shoved down our throats now for the next couple months. Uncle Howdy, who gives a fuck? I mean, I I don't care if it's Bo Dallas or if it's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I don't care. So I, can't, I actually want it to I'm be done. Ricky the Dragon Steamboat. I'm I'm done with it, dude. Like I'm already I'm already over Uncle Howdy. Like. You know, I, I just, I, I feel really bad for Alexa Bliss. I really do. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't just, I don't see a future with her at all I, anymore at this point. So here's the thing with that uh, is I got, I have a couple of different prongs that I, that I want to touch on. The first one is you're completely right. I think that, that she's right now at her ceiling and let's go back to what we talked about a little while ago with Seth. Uh, you had a dude riddled with a you know weird or bad gimmick or whatever like the dude wore bad suits and laughed all the time and got himself completely over and so that just goes to show the difference in presence and charisma and everything that one has and the thing is with alexa is that and i don't i don't know if there's full buy-in from her and you know that could be part of it whereas you know, if she was a willing participant, then so be it, man. If the, if if you like what you're doing creatively, then that's great. Um, but I, I I don't even I think that the the move from here is uh, put this put this girl with a, a a good tag partner. Find somebody that compliments her well. So if you have somebody that's undersized like this, you can only be the undersized baby face for so long. She was I did not like her as a heel because. It's really hard for me to to think that Alexa Bliss has a chance of beating babyface Ronda Rousey in a fight. Do you know what I'm saying? Like whenever they were doing that. Um, but you put her with somebody that can compliment her. You know, if you want to go Sean and Diesel style or if you even want to put her with somebody like uh, uh, like in the in the future, like uh, like a Roxanne Perez or a Zoe Stark or somebody to to be a, a like a, a open the door uh, for her for one of these young people to enter into the scene and then and then you know make something of themselves. I think that that might be something that they can do with her in the. And when I say near future, I mean over maybe the next twelve to eighteen months or so. But yeah, if not, then the best thing I think for for Alexa Bliss as far as longevity and a wrestling career that really matters absolutely is you know the same thing that that you said with ty conti and i'm going to just go to hop see if you can hop into another company and you know whatever what, what was cody's line learn a new hold or whatever go to new territory learn a new hold hey, i think that that's the move you know you know who needs women is new japan well and especially with the with with the that u.s division the only thing is you don't want that u.s division to be the wwe cast off division yeah and so you know like now you get her in stardom and and working and building feuds you know if, and i don't know how willing she would be to go to japan i think that she's fairly certain in settling down in her life here you know married and all that but you know a, a little excursion might not be a bad thing too yeah i watched the uh I, I watched my first stardom show the other night it's the first time i'd watched stardom in years that my first one in a long time and that was the one with um, 
Marie, uh, Mariah May and Zaya Brookside were on there. Um, it was only a couple of weeks ago. I, I watched that show. Man, what a great presentation that is. Like that, that is a really fun, a really fun thing to see is, is stardom. So I, I mean, it would be great to see her kind of do an excursion like you're talking about and jump in there with uh, some of those girls in stardom because there was a lot of talent in there, man. There was a hell of a lot of talent in stardom right now. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the names off the top of my head, but I, I do know that that um, you know, the Observer guys put over huge all last year that the one big feud that went and again, I don't, I don't know the names. So you have to forgive me, but. You know, I know that there's big things that have happened over there and it's not nothing that I've seen, but it would be wonderful. And you know what you get, you get it a Sasha Banks and then an Alexa Bliss or something like that. You're going to pull American eyes over there too. You know, we saw it happen with Chris Jericho, saw it happen with um, some of these other crossover types, Uh, you know, Danielson, how many subs is is Danielson going to sell whenever he moves, whenever he makes the move over there, you know? So that's, I think that that's, a thousand percent right yeah and then obviously so belair gets the win in a pretty forgettable match here but uh moving on to the women's rumble uh i felt that this was a very forgettable women's rumble it was not nearly as good as what it's been um we had rhea ripley entering at one and lasting the entire way unlike in the men's rumble where gunther came in at one and lost at 30. Rhea Ripley in the next Rumble match, she comes in at one and she does what Gunther didn't do and finishes the job and she outlasts, actually outlasts the other 29 superstars. Uh, She ended up having a match high of seven eliminations and there's some good stuff in there. There was just little moments. Personally, for me, I felt that it was really cool to see Roxanne Perez in there. Um, she immediately got tossed because of the match that she has, uh, I believe, tonight. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday. So I believe that she was having a match really soon for the title. So that's one of the reasons why they got her in and out really quick. But it's, they it's, it's coming up. Yeah, it's a Saturday. Yeah. And then I think the other bright spot was the Chelsea Green spot of her instantly getting nearly Bushwhacker looped. Uh, and her starting this new Karen gimmick, I'm all in on that. Please give me that. Uh, they really built Raquel Rodriguez, and they're they're I mean they're really built her. It, <laughs> we have Michelle McCool and Uggs hop the railing and hop in there. That was cool. That that part that actually was you know, cool. The only thing I didn't like. Well, the only thing I didn't like about it, I actually when they showed her. You knew she's going to be in, right? You knew she's going to be in. I just don't, the only thing I didn't like about was they, like, they had her go to the ring as if she wasn't ready for it. Like, so you mean to tell me you have front row seats? And dude, if they called my name, or, or right, or, or, you know, if they called my name and I was a couple of voodoo rangers and a, uh, a tall, truly deep, Right. I'm not going. Maybe I would go in there. I don't know. But uh, but like, you know, I in no condition to perform. Right. And so uh, I just that was the only thing I didn't like. I thought it would have been better for them to have called her as a surprise from there instead of try to, you know, pull the veil over us that she didn't know. Like, really? She didn't know. That was the only 
let me ask you this. Yeah, one. yeah, if, that was the only we thing. Were, that... If we were in the front row, okay, and you didn't know you were going to be in the rumble, okay, what music would hit that would make you be like, "It's my time. I got to go. I'm the next guy up." Scissor fight, hammer down. <laughs> A little scissor fight. Scissor fight. Scissor fight, hammer down. <laughs> Uh, John, if you could edit that in at this point in time, that would be awesome. to do any any, any uh, uh, yeah yep. and and it's just it's just the, just the first couple of chords you know uh, that, that'd be it i'd be like okay guys i take my shirt off and i go in there and i would throw out somebody that was supposed to win and then i'd hop over the top rope myself I would see myself out of there. I'd have jumped in there quick. I'd have thrown out Logan Paul or Cody Rhodes or somebody else that was supposed to make something happen. And then I would have, yeah. Another J-O-B. Yeah. You know, my my one thing with the, with Roxanne, and I, I do have a serious problem with this, is I wish she was not in this if we weren't going to showcase her. I thought that it was nonsensical to have her in there to be tossed because she had a match later. Like, I think that she is it. Like, I, I, I think that she is the cat's meow, man. She is every time that I've seen a Roxanne Perez match. And ever since I heard about Roxy, when she was a big deal in ROH as ROH was dying, I was so, I mean, 19 years old or whatever she was whenever she won that ROH belt. And for to have her now, now at the top of the, you know, the top of the heap in NXT, I thought that having her out there for four minutes did her a disservice. I think that they, they put Zoe Stark in the spot that should have been Roxanne Perez. I feel like Zoe Stark came out of there as the biggest star in NXT and I, it should have been Roxanne. And if it wasn't going to be Roxanne, then Roxanne shouldn't have been in it because she had a title match. I, that, we can all understand that. Like I to me, it doesn't make sense to have you go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say they made Zoe Stark look the way she did because they're going to pull her up before they pull up Roxanne because Roxanne's going to stay in NXT for a while and be the champ is, is my take. My whole, my whole take with that, with that, the entire women's rumble was that the objective was the, was the showcase that Rhea Ripley is absolutely the future of the women's division at least, at least for for uh, the next time being for the next five years, whatever, to get that get that accomplished, and also to show how much better those current NXT girls are, and the ones they just brought up, like uh, you know, like a uh, like a Raquel Gonzalez, right, a person like that. That I think the objective was to showcase Ripley and to showcase how much better those girls are than the people like the Dana Brooks, the Liv Morgans, whatever it ends up being who are getting phased out of this now because they're getting replaced by people who are actually good at what they do. You mean it wasn't to showcase Nia Jax? 
I mean, I don't know what that was about, dude. I, I don't. I mean, I, I don't even want to talk about it. I, I really don't. I don't even want to talk about it. Like her, her, she, she just it, it. Has she done anything while she's been away? Has she has she done anything? Like, I, I don't even want to get into it. I'm I'm done. I'm done talking about Nijax. Yeah. I want to. I'm jump in. I'm going to say shit that's going to get us canceled. I don't even. I'm not. I'm not even going to say it. I I want to jump in. And I want to say that just as the Miz is climbing up my uh, my heartwarming ranks, uh, getting totally nerded out there as the number one elimination, my girl B Fab, who I texted both of you guys and said put the belt on her after seeing her on SmackDown. I actually I texted these guys about put the belt on like seven or eight people because of that SmackDown no, show. Like anytime uh, anyone ever hit their music hit, put the belt on that guy. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but dude, I, I loved I loved B Fab coming out, being B Fab, and in 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 an endearing way, getting getting the geek toss. Like I I I do, man. I that those those things because she didn't get Chelsea Green, she didn't get the Bushwhacker spot. Chelsea Green getting the Bushwhacker spot. It, what's cool about that is two things. One, um, you know we've heard we've heard Broski say for how long about doing like the Bushwhacker walk on the treadmill. So, you know, he knows, like, you know, he's hip to the game. And so for them to use that then as the beginning of an angle, I think is, I think it's pretty clever. I do like, because she, you know, is total, you know, geek, goober, nerd, whatever you want to say, but within, within that, that the context of everything, if that's going to be the start of something cool, dude, the girl got a reaction. She absolutely did. And good for her on that. But just like you said, John, for me, this was the majority of it was a pretty forgettable rumble. And in the moment, my biggest problem was that we were now three plus hours into the show. And because we had the men's rumble and then we had lights out and then we had Alexa with Uncle Howdy and then we had this. This we're we're three plus hours into a show, and I didn't feel like anything really happened aside from the the ending of the men's rumble just stood out so much. And you can go back then and say, oh, this ma- this this was cool, this was cool. But the end of that men's rumble mattered so much, and then it just felt like we had almost two hours of just I don't I didn't need to see any of this. Yeah. And then we had the end of the women's rumble, which was awesome. And and so it just in the moment it felt it felt laborious to yeah. continue on with the show for me anyways, you know, and I know that, and I know that this show got huge, great reviews, but that was, that was a tough watch for me in that moment. It was, if it wouldn't be for the ending and how good the ending was, I would say that this rumble would be a big dud, but by this point, like I'm, I'm, I'm slowing down. And then you add, uh, <laughs> you add Hardy to it after this, uh, your man's long oh, party. Uh, that poor guy. You add him I, to it, and I, abs- it, I absolutely that's where I checked was, out on the show. I thought that was Kid Rock, dude. I thought Kid Rock cut his hair. I don't know who the hell Hardy is. I don't care. He's like a country crossover rock guy. Whatever, dude. Get, don't don't bring him around anymore. Don't come I, around here no more. Worst part is that I, I like him. Worst part is that I like him. But the problem is that I just spent a three-hour show I'm tired. I want to get to the main event. Like I checked out. I I shut it off. 
and I shut it off right before the main event started, and I watched the main event the next morning. So you both stuck it out, I believe, right, and watched it through. And so this is what happened with me. Yeah. So is you go ahead. Yeah, segment segue me in. Sorry, I'm bad. I'm bad at this audio thing. No, you're good. When we go into this Universal Championship match, like it is just it. it, This is what we've been waiting for. But if they just would have eliminated the the Bray Wyatt Bliss stuff and they just would have went right into the Women's Rumble and they would have went right into this match, I would have been so happy. But that's not what they did. We had too much BS in the middle to get to this moment, which is this is what everyone wanted and was waiting on was. Roman coming out with Sammy and Heyman and versus Owens. And they just had a great match. We get the big moment at the end where everyone's out there. Sammy does some things during the match that almost costs Roman with the chair. And this was the chef's kiss to this. It it, it was how do you put the bow on top of the present it was the cherry on top it's it was so well done for me watching it the next morning i loved every second of it i thought it was a beautiful masterpiece that they put together there so i'm going to i'm going to jump in first because i know that andretti is a huge fan of everything that happened uh, so going back and reading his messages and everything. And so I'm going to let him put it over because I want the final thing to be putting all this over huge. So in live time, when that women's rumble ended and then Hardy came out, who I never, I never heard of Hardy. And I don't mean any disrespect to Hardy, but I never heard of him before. And I just wanted this main event because I knew that we had a main event angle coming. Everybody in the building knew it. Yes, And so... You know, I'm I'm just I'm just peppering the the group chat with you know expletives and what is happening and pictures of every Hardy that I can find. Tom, uh, the who's the uh, guy play for the Carolina Panthers? Is he uh, MMA? Greg. Greg, thank you. Yeah, Greg, Greg Hardy, Hardy, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy. Yeah, so so it was just we're just getting Hardy all over the place, and. Um, I, I had texted John specifically, John says, I'm tapping out. And I said, I'm sticking this out to prove a point. Um, Mrs. Mongoose woke me up at two uh, 30 in the morning, uh, because I had fallen asleep well before, uh, Roman Reigns even made his way to the ring. Uh, I, I, I you know, right. Yeah. She, she came out and she's like, what are you, what are you doing? And I was like, oh, and she was like, well, it's two 30 and your show's over. And there's some documentary on TV right now. So woo by Ric Flair or whatever is on the television. So I sauntered back, went to sleep, came back in the morning. And here was my biggest problem. And if I was there, the payoff would have been worth it. But if I had even stuck it out the whole time, having no ability to fast forward, if I was going to watch that whole thing, to go from the end of the women's rumble until the start of the Roman match in real minutes was something like almost 30 minutes long. And then that Roman match, the problem was we know that he's not going to lose. And so we had a Roman Reigns match, which is going to be 20 minutes long, and it's going to be a bunch of selling, and it's going to, then going to be near spots at the end, but it's just going to be a whole bunch of beaten down, beaten down, 
And then we had what felt like another hour and a half of them just kicking the living holy hell out of Kevin Owens. Yeah. Like it was, it was, it was just, it was a beatdown that wouldn't like, I, I was like, I get it, man. You know, like I, I, after the ninth super kick after he's handcuffed after the, you know, after all this stuff, man, I was just like, I get it. And then the chair came and I was like, okay, now we're here, you know, but like, it was, it felt like even watching the entire main event the next day, I just seriously was watching, just thinking like, let's go. Like, you know, like I, I do not feel like with everything that had happened from the women's rumble to their entrance, which was two video packages and Hardy for God's sake, we did not need a 20 ish ish minute main event. And then another 20 ish minute beatdown afterwards. And that's my only bloodline problem is that their heat angles. I, I just, I just feel like I'm just watching people be mercilessly beat for what feels like hours. Like I only need to see you get kicked a couple of times for it to make sense. You know what I'm saying? Like when AJ got kicked out of the bullet club, he got, uh, you know, he got a drop and a styles clash and a couple of kicks and we're done. You know what I mean? Like we got it. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 and, and so we don't need to just see pound, pound, pound. And, and yeah, so that, that's my only gripe is, yeah, it's my only gripe is that it felt so long. The payoff was so good. That crowd exploded. And so it, it was all worth it. But holy cow, man, that was, it, that, it was laborious. It was a laborious watch for me. When you say, that it took a long time. The only thing that registers in my mind, and this is what we've heard a lot at a triple H over the years. And you see it a lot whenever they were talking about NXT is that as fast as you think you're might going slow down even more and it'll mean more later. And I can just, I, as, as I was watching that, I just kept, that just kept replaying in my mind. Like they're, they're slow burning this almost slow burning it for me. They were slow I was into it. Like I wanted it. I thought so many times that Sammy was going to hit him and he didn't. And then when they finally gave it to you, you, you 50,000 people. Yeah. I'm the minority there, but like for me, I'm just saying personally, that was, that was my only gripe. The angle was great. But that was my only gripe. Yes. And the only thing that was really, um, that I saw on Twitter later, which we missed something about that women's match that I need you to talk about here before we ride out. But the thing that I saw was that the way that, Sammy turned on Roman was the same way that Seth turned on Roman in the shield. And I thought that that was masterfully done. And I never thought about that. Yeah. If you watch it, they, somebody put the two clips together on Twitter and it's the same exact way, the same way that Reigns fell, the, the chair spot, it's the same spot and it's perfect. It was really well done. The only I will I agree it was just a smidge long and I probably would have been tired and pissed off if I would have stayed up and watched it the whole way through. But quitting right before the main watching the main and, you know, seeing the payoff at the end, I thought it was fantastic and I loved all of it. I'm the fact that Jay was the one that was like, yo, what are you doing? What are you doing? Like, you can't be doing this to us. And then, you know, they're all looking at Jay to hit Sammy. And Jay rolls out of the ring. So, like, 
there's so many layers to it that are so good. And, you know, we're going to figure it out here on Friday night, but it looks like Jay is now out of the bloodline. Clearly Sammy is, they already got merch with Sammy, uh, Sammy's new shirt. That is, you know, the tape, this Kevin Owens tape over the ooze. So, um, I, I thought it was masterfully done. And when you see the full layout of it, you know, it's sometimes we do need the extra like little bit that Twitter will give you. That's where, that's where the internet's great, but not always. And I thought that that was really cool that it was the same exact way that Roman had been turned on before was the same way again. And it was done by the same style of person. Yeah. Put it over, Andretti. Give it to us. I mean, look, you guys, so many good points here from both of you guys. I don't even know what else I can add to it. But but I, I will say that for me, I, I didn't I wasn't able to sit all the way through the show either because I, I actually we I hit pause and went and played a four-hour game of Monopoly, and which which I won, by the way. I, I will I will put myself over and say that I whooped ass at Monopoly like I usually do. So mm-hmm. keep in mind, two of the people, one of the people playing was eleven, and the other one was eight. So I mean, I in a in a four-man game, I whooped ass on an eleven-year-old and eight-year-old. But um, don't bring a nice gun Monopoly and then pin their shoulders to the floor. <laughs> That's what you should have done. You, once the game was over, you, you should have said, "All right, now who's counting?" <laughs> And then just yeah, and just show him his boss. That's her, I mean, I tried giving him a poison rana, but I couldn't get couldn't get up high enough. But uh, you know, the thing is, man, like I went back after that was over. Um, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened on the network because they didn't they didn't repost the replay until twelve oh five Pacific time. Usually it goes up right away after the uh, after the shows, if I'm not mistaken. But I mean, I literally sat here for like two hours. I watched the I watched the eighty eight Rumble. I found, I only watched the Rumble match, the one where it ends up being one man gang and uh, and Duggan at the end of it is the last two. I mean, it was good. That was a really that was the first one. It was really good. So I watched I watched that and I watched the WXW show uh, that was on Peacock. You know that was on the network too. That that uh, I was just I, I was waiting for him to repost it, the Rumble. So when they finally did, it was pretty late. I mean, I was up till like four o'clock in the morning watching the end of that show, man. So I was up. I, I watched it the whole thing that night. Um, I mean, it's, it, it's so good, man. It, it might, it might arguably be the best thing that I've seen in the WWE, um, since Hogan and Savage. I, I really mean that. Like, I, I thought they did a really, really great job, man. And it made me feel like I was a little kid watching wrestling again and appreciating it for what it was. I agree. It was a little slow, you know, everybody's walking around real slow and, and I don't know why they're doing that so much with the bloodline, but, um, it, I, I just thought they did a hell of a job with that man. And, and I, I'm the burn was great. Everything was good. I mean, you know, there's so many levels here with Jay, you know, doing his thing and rolling out of the ring, like you guys said. And, and, you know, I, I don't, I don't know where this is headed, but I'm, 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 uh, optimistic about where it's headed at this point. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing how they play everything else out for the rest of it. But I mean, bravo, dude, bravo with all of that. I thought, you know, everybody who booked that show did an unbelievable job. They're doing a great job with the bloodline. They did a great job with the with the Rumbles. I, I thought this was one of the best shows, one of the best WWE shows I had seen maybe in, in, in 25 years. Yeah, and I think that what makes it so good is the ending. Like, if it wouldn't have ended so well, we wouldn't have, we wouldn't say that. But this... I, I Honestly, honestly, Baker, I really, I really liked... Both the Rumble matches I thought were very, very well done. And I know you guys disagree with me a little bit about the women's, but I had I had a feeling that the women's match was going to go the way it did 
because I thought they were going to try to showcase people who were going to be really good in, in a year or two, right? And they brought in they brought in those NXT girls. I mean, Raquel Gonzalez is fantastic. She did a really good job in the Rumble. The, the objective was to get Rhea over, dude. And whether whether that's a little bit similar to what they did with Gunther, so be it. But again, like just because they're the favored to win, it doesn't mean they shouldn't win it. Right. If it's the best thing for business and we've seen Triple H now multiple times do what's best for business, what makes the most sense instead of just giving us a swerve for the sake of giving us a swerve, which is what his father in law did. You know, we don't we don't need we don't need this anymore. Let's let's do what makes sense. Let's make money. If the money match is Charlotte and Rhea, then you get Charlotte and Rhea at WrestleMania. You don't give somebody, you don't put Dana Brooke in there against Charlotte because you want to swerve the audience. Well, that's funny that you say about money because that's the largest gate that they doubled in gate price. Like the, the previous closest was like three and a half million. They made seven and a half million dollars in ticket sales and they sold out of the super, the, the superstore that was there, the merch stand. It sold out all weekend. They, they had to bring in trucks every single day with more merch because they ran out every single day. Like they made an insane that that, that seven million dollar gate is insane because it was it was a legitimate in wrestling business huge deal yes. when AEW broke a million dollar gate mm-hmm. and and they they took that time seven for a show that wasn't WrestleMania yes like that is and and so when you say what's best for business and best for money they're uh, Andretti <clears throat> you're absolutely right. They did it. My for me, live time. Okay. And I was, and again, I was as this was going on, I was dumping on this a lot. And the next day, I still had I still had some dumping to do only because of the what just felt like wasted and idle time. However, I can admit, and if I'm gonna say these three things, then this is a good show. Yeah incredible uh incredible finish to the rumble with good uh storyline set up in wrestlemania matches established a the women's finish to the rumble while i didn't love the match finish was great we now have Rhea and charlotte which when charlotte beat Rhea the first time you know the iwc and us and all kinds of other smart marks and people out there were like what are we doing? Well, now we, and then the fact that Rhea got on the stick and said, I'm now I'm putting the queen in her place. That's very, very good. And then we have the main event angle. So I literally, I have three A's on one show. So the show can't be anything lower than like a B for me. But it was, it was in live time. You know what it felt like for me was that I was those old Saudi shows where I'd be so excited and some things would happen that would be awesome. And then by the end, I was like, oh, you know what I mean? And it was way better than any of those. But I had a feeling that, that was sort of akin to that. And the only reason I'm saying that is, is that like SummerSlam this year, Survivor Series this year, they've had some great shows recently that have been good. And they've been four hours long. And for four hours, I was I was in the whole time. And I was not in for all four hours. And that's, that's my only complaint for this show for the whole show you know what i'm saying sure yeah i thought that it was uh actually a really good rumble that we haven't had one like that in a while and in this this ending was fantastic um and and they laid out you know 
pretty much is already going to happen. Rhea doing like what you mentioned. Rhea's facing Charlotte. Um, and we got Cody, who it doesn't seem like they're doing a night one, night two. It doesn't seem like they're splitting them. They're they're keeping them together, which I like. Uh, that's going to be Cody and Reigns. And um, but yeah, super excited to see where we go to. Uh, Elimination Chamber is up next, and there that's for sure for sure going to be Sammy versus Roman. I'm pretty sure that's already been decided, but I'm I know we're going to get clarification on Friday night. But um, I got to give this show a B plus and. It, 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 I would give it the A minus, but I just, that middle stuff, it just, it totally took me out of it. But in terms of a WWE show, a, a B plus is, uh, is, is basically what an A plus would be for an A, an AW show. I mean, and I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it an A. And, uh, the only, the only stuff that, that, uh, that really took away from me, like the, the women's, the women's title match. In the in the pitch black match, um, I kind of knew what I was get what what I was getting myself into with both of those, and I think that I just had such a low bar that I just didn't ta- I, I didn't treat them like they were good or bad, if that makes sense. So well, so for me for me like I just looked at it like this is like the intermission during a New Japan show, right? This yeah. is the intermission where we're we're just dead for fifteen minutes before everybody comes back out. That, that's just the way that I looked at it. Well, I couldn't tell you one spot that happened in that in that Raw Women's match because I I have no idea. I literally I used mean, that as my buffer to get up and move because I knew I was going to tire out. And I, I am. Mean, it, it looked like it looked like she was in there with a little kid. And it look I, again. I know we we've gone up and down about Alexa Bliss time and time again, even in this show. But like, I don't know, man. Speaking of this women's match. Teddy, please, before we ride out, please describe what you found. On- so, so this, so this isn't this wasn't me. Assist to Mrs. Mongoose, who, and let me uh, let me pull this thing up here really quick, so I can give you guys a little bit of play by play. Um, so, Mrs. Mongoose uh, today. Uh, midday lunchtime it should would have had to have been text me a reddit link and then the only thing that she types underneath is lame wwe (laughs) and this reddit link is a cut up side by side of alexa bliss and bianca belair literally pulling all of their spots from a fight in scary movie is it two is it scary movie two with the girl with the the girl from the the ring i believe it is okay and so it is it is a carbon copy to blocked punches and kicks to grabbing hair to a drop kick and um i then said to her omfg I can't even who watched that and said, oh, my God. And and this is the women's match and said, oh, my God, this is the fight from Scary Movie. You know, like because that's why I was so gobsmacked is somebody watched Bianca and Alexa Bliss and said, oh, I know these spots. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, I've I've seen this booking before. Yes. Yeah, they do that. And, And so she. Yeah. And she just says, LOL, IDK. But I thought it was funny. (laughs) <laughs> and that was it. We didn't talk about it anymore. I, it was all that I thought about for the rest of the day was that a, 
and 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 this was the 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 thing that I told the guys on the pod here was that if the girls thought of this, if this was Alexa Bliss and Bianca Belair saying, "Hey, how funny is that fight and scary movie? Let's do that." Yeah. then I give that an A plus, 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 plus. I think that that's brilliant. I think that that's so, so inside that they're probably popping each other the whole time. And those those are the things that about wrestling that I really, really like. And then my, my argument then, or the other side of that is, if that happened to be an agent backstage, you know, like if that's, you know, if that's, uh, you know, Wahoo McDaniel or one of them that is, uh, that's actually, you know, putting these matches together. Gary Taylor. <laughs> Wahoo yeah, McDaniel you know, is, this is calling matches backstage. All right. All right. Or Jay Strongbow or one of those that's putting the matches together backstage. But, you know, if this is Terry Taylor that's putting this match together, then you got to do your job here, job guy. You know, like you're you're back here for a reason. You were a solid hand whenever you were here. You're helping people put matches together because that was what you did the whole time. You need to be more creative than steal your stuff from the move from scary movie. So that would disappoint me. That being said, I I hope it was the girls, man. And I hope that there's some kind of even internet lore behind it that can grow because that that Reddit thread, it was uh for anybody that wants to check that out. And, and you know, I I did a whole bunch of sharing with this thing. Um, it was, uh, it was, what was it? It was WWE is running out of ideas on our funny is what it was. So check it out. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. So that, that match was on raw. That was not the rumble match just for, for clarification. That oh, was, that was the raw match. The okay. Raw. So, so that was the match from a week ago or whatever. Yeah. Dark. Okay, thank you for that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take away from it being amazing. That's for sure. Yeah, it, it does. It, it does go to show how memorable the match on Sunday was. If we didn't know, or Saturday was, if we didn't know <laughs> that, that was from Sunday at the Rumble. <laughs> God, how fantastic is that? I didn't watch yeah. a second of that. Well, I and I, and the thing is, I read no comments. I did nothing but play that thing and then send it to everybody I knew that knew what wrestling was and say, <laughs> watch this right now. Uh, that is so great but uh they just announced that abushi's uh blood sport match is uh him versus mike bailey oh old speedball huh oh my god so (sighs) yeah we got um we got elimination chamber coming up we got smackdown this week we have aw tomorrow night and with that, we will wrap it up here. Anything else you guys want to get in before any plugs you want to plug before we roll out? The only thing I want to say is that I hope that people appreciate where we're at right now because we're we're in a really good spot with AEWs on a roll. They've had a bunch of good dynamites in a row. We're in a really good spot right now with the WWE where um, things make sense and they're pushing the right people, in my opinion. I think you guys would probably agree with that. And that, and that we're getting the things that we that we want to see. We're getting the things that should happen. And, you know, as somebody who's been watching, you know, WWE for, for 40 years, essentially, you know, 35, 40 years, um, the cycle goes, the cycle goes around and around and we're, we're back. We're back right now to a place where things are really good and I'm really optimistic about it. And I feel really good as a wrestling fan. And I, and I, I can't, I would not have said that three years ago, you know, but, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really 
um, appreciative of what's going on. I think Triple H is doing a hell of a job. I really do. Um, and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful for all the work that people are putting in right now in the WWE and with AEW. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm a happy wrestling fan right now for the first time in a long time. I'll piggyback. Uh, that would be my closing thing is that, um, you know, I got, I, I watch, I've been watching uh, WWE pay-per-views uh, with regularity again since like eh, 2015-ish, 2014-ish, 2015-ish. Um, and it was the Bullet Club. It was the Young Bucks. It was Kenny Omega. They got me back into wrestling, actual, like not just watching once a month on the network or whatever, or watching old shows, but into wrestling. And so I was huge AEW from the beginning. They were going to get every benefit out from me whenever they started. Um, That being said, it is very, very interesting what has happened perception wise, especially in the wrestling community from last year to this year, especially at this time. But, but, but. If we look at where we actually are, my hope is that the company itself, and this is AEW, is able to get themselves a television deal that gives them some longevity. And and by longevity, I mean another four or five years, because if we have a company that is full of great workers that have their own niche audience that are going to appeal to people that are not WWE people for whatever reason that might be. And then we have a powerhouse WWE. And I don't just mean in terms of spending money. I mean, in terms of making money that I got, I got storylines that are going to make you want to tune in. Then that is the best case scenario for North American wrestling. And then we have Japan. You can now max out shows. You can cheer, you can boo. That means that we will see John Moxley, Kenny Omega, Brian Danielson, we're going to see all these people now going to Japan. FTR, I'm sure, will make them their way over there, whether or not they stay with AEW long term. You know they're going to be working over there. So you've got North American appeal that's going to go across the Pacific. And so now all of a sudden, we have big-time, big-budget wrestling. We have big-ish budget. All, seriously, like 19 in a very good way. 1993, 94, 92-ish WCW wrestling. Actually, you know what? To be honest, maybe even late 80s WCW wrestling because you have so many good workers. You know what I'm saying? Like you really, you know, to me, this almost reminds me of that time when, um, I guess this would have been 93-ish when we had the title matches of your Steamboats and Rick Rudes and Flares and those kind of guys that are going for your WCW belts. So they're stars and they're great workers and the shows are good. Um, and it was okay that they were the quote unquote B company because it was able to keep guys fresh. Davy boy Smith can get fired from WC or WWF, go to WCW headline pay-per-views and then go back to WWF. That's best for everybody. And then we, if we have a healthy new Japan, dude, you give me a G one with Danielson Moxley, uh, you know, those guys that are over there, this is going to be great moving forward. So our hope needs to be. Please, please, please let the stars align, get AEW a television deal that allows them to continue to build their brand. Because if that is the case, we don't need a wrestling war. We need competition. And as long as we have competition, we're going to be, we're going to be great. You know, I really, and I think that I really do think that. I don't think I could say that any better. 
So we're going to put a bow on that. And we will see you next time on The Podski.